Okie doke. Today's readers, um, thank you for your service in, in June for the 12 Steps, Maria, uh, Marietta P., 12 Traditions, Mara Z., readers of the text, Sherry D., Benita L., and Carmela G. Our newcomer greeter is Anne-Marie M., and our second-hour host is Ken W.H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, June 27, 2023, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,387. That's 20387. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, it's 20,388. That's 20388. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Marietta P. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marietta P. from Virginia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're ready to... We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly omitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for letting me be in service, and thank you for your service. Thank you, Marietta P., and I'll now ask Mara Z to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you. Mara Z recovered in Virginia. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. 
Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Each, four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Mara Z. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 90. The second paragraph that begins, if there's any indication, and ends, if the tables were turned, and we'll be commenting on that one paragraph. And I will now ask Sherry D. to please begin reading. Thank you so much, Lisa. This is Sherry D., compulsive overeater in Maryland. If there is any indication that he wants to stop, have a good talk with the person most interested in him, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, the seriousness of his condition, and his religious leanings. You need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. So I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to the comments of other people because when I read this paragraph, I was like, oof, this is a really tough one for me. I can only share my experience, strength, and hope. And I can, I can tell you that um, in all the years that I've been around 12-step programs, I personally have never had a, um, 
personal conversation with the significant other of someone that I was working with. But taking this paragraph, the first line to me is the reminder of I need to know, are they willing, which it talked about in the previous paragraphs, are they actually willing to go to any lengths to get better? I have to remember it's not my job to label anyone as an, a compulsive overeater. It's not my job to decide if someone really does truly need help. It is my job to understand where they are, what's going on, and how I can help. I do know that this is a family disease, and I also know that there's two sides to every story. Um, and I can tell you that even though I've never spoken with a significant other or families of people that I'm working with, I have spent a lot of time speaking to my own family and my own significant other and explaining the importance of how I need to follow a plan and have time in my life to spend in meetings and have time in my life to spend with my sponsor and my sponsees. So it is important for me to actually have that connection with my own family. Um, but I will tell you just very quickly, there was someone that I was sponsoring that we were having a difficult time and bottom line, um, she had let me know that when she ate off plan or when she didn't weigh or measure, that her husband let her know that it was okay. Um, so I definitely see the importance of this paragraph and the importance in like bringing the family together and getting everyone to understand the importance of following the steps, being willing to, um, you know, work the program and make time um, to keep recovery going. Um, so anyway, I'm super excited to hear everyone else's comments about this paragraph. And uh, I will keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry D. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back this morning. And who would like to share on what was read? Jim S. in Toledo. Jim Nancy. Nancy. Hang, hang on. I think I heard somebody after Nancy. I heard Elena, but there was somebody before Elena. Barbara. Fran. It was Fran. And I got you, Barbara. Rivka R. Rivka. Jessica. Rivka R. Okay, that's a great start. What I'll let you know what I have. I have Jim S., Nancy P., Fran L., Elena C., Barbara E., Rivka R., and Jessica S. So, Jim S., you're up, followed by Nancy P. Good morning, everybody. Jim S. in Toledo, Ohio. This paragraph describes what happened yesterday between my wife and I. Um, there was no one else involved, just her and I. But I had binged myself into a position, a hopeless position. 
and my wife was getting ready to leave, and I wanted to share with her what was going on with me. And I did. I told her that I had no hope, that I was lost, and I was not going to get straightened out. And she said, talk to God. Talk to him. And and I'm thinking to myself, I really would like to, but I don't know how. And then a song was going in my mind that says, when we all get to heaven, what well, I can't remember the words. What well, a day of rejoicing that will be. Yeah, that was it. And um, I came out of the hole I was in. I went to an AA meeting last night and shared the story in the meeting. And um, I don't know how to explain it, but my wife has faith in God way more than I do. Um, She's very comfortable with God, and she talks to him all the time. So here I am, after being without hope yesterday, um, ready to go and meet my day and keep myself sober. So, um, thank you. Thank you, Jim S. And Nancy P., you're up, followed by Fran L. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So I do need to be patient um, with people. And I feel sometimes that it's hard for me to be patient because I spent so long in this program, almost 50 years, um, not recovered and wanting to be recovered. So when I was finally ready, I, you know, I approached somebody and um, she, I don't know how she sponsors other people, but she sponsored me a pretty... um, Spartan, you know, she gave me no emotional support. She gave me no validation. She actually wasn't that nice to me, but that was fine because she was an excellent sponsor and she knows the book and I got what I needed from her. And I myself, I only have one message. I have only one life to share with a newcomer. I always ask, tell, say, tell me about yourself, what's going on. And, you know, sometimes I get sort of a rambling story about, you know, how difficult their life is. and But what I told my sponsor when I, I texted her, because she was, you know, that's all that I could do in the beginning. Um, I said, I'll do anything that you tell me to do if you'll just help me. And in the end, that's where I have to get with my sponsees. And so some of them give me, you know, these long rambling stories and other people just say, I'm eating and I can't stop and I'm desperate and, you know, whatever it is. But all of them, get the same message from me, which is two things. One is my my own experience, strength, and hope. And I also try to reassure them that no matter where they are, that they're not that far from where they need to be. Because that's, I mean, I was binging my brains out every day. I couldn't even drive the eight miles to work without stopping twice on the way to get food and um, and eating all day at work. And then on the way home, I would stop again. If I wasn't working, sleeping, or taking care of my family, I was eating. And yet, one day later, I stopped all of it. Um, And I have continued to stay stopped for five and a half years. And I try to tell people that, um, 
you know, my own personal experience had to be attraction rather than promotion. That that day in my car when I was sobbing, having just eaten a dozen donuts, and I called my friend, and she told me about this meeting. She didn't say anything about, you know, she never called me. I called her, and she said, oh, I haven't talked to you in so long, maybe a year or two. And then she told me about this meeting. And I was like, ugh, another meeting, you know, another, you know, silver bullet that I'm looking for you know, whatever, and I called the next day only because I had a doctor's appointment and wasn't going right into work, and I never have I never have eaten compulsively or hurt myself with food since that day. Um, and my life is different, and, I, and my feelings don't own me anymore. And I can tell people that, and that I hadn't understood. I literally did not know or even comprehend that I didn't have to live that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and today, thank you, and today I live in, in light and joy and buoyancy, and that is for everybody, no matter where you are. And everybody call me. That'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. And Fran L., you're up, followed by Elena C. Good morning, Fran V. in Florida. Um, back in the day, they, they worked with the families a lot more than we may do today. Um, and getting this idea of his behavior, his problems, his back, background, we're not trying to be nosy. We're, we're trying to be helpful. And by being able to put ourselves in their shoes is how we're helpful. That's our goal, to help the fellow sufferer and to be as helpful as we can. We share our experiences with them, and we like to know what's going on with them. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Fran Z. And Elena C., you're up, followed by Barbara E. Good morning, moderator. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to be part of this fellowship. And um, what jumped out at me um, in this paragraph was this idea of um, knowing someone else, knowing someone else. And yes, so back then I believe they worked with the families a lot, um, and I believe they didn't even have Al-Anon. So, you know, um, later on in the history, when Al-Anon was founded, they perhaps did less of a work with families, maybe, maybe not. But today, I don't work, we don't work with families. I know I don't have sponsors, I met the family, their families. However, is this idea of establishing a connection with someone else and having a desire to get to know that person, like it says here, behavior, problems, background, the seriousness of his condition. And it is in this connection that the exchange of spirituality, I believe, happens. So my sponsor, I learned so much from her own spirituality. You know, God bless her heart. I felt, I sensed, I sensed her spirituality from her words. I sense, you know, I, and, and I like to, my sponsor, to sense my spirituality, my trust, my faith. And, you know, just simply getting to know someone with all their vulnerabilities, like we put ourselves in the position to share our most inner demons, you know, the, the binging, the, the dishonesty. And that is absolutely amazing. It just blows my mind. 
because I believe I cannot find God without you. I need a community of people to stay fit, to stay fit with God. When I shy away from the fellowship, you know, then I'm, then I'm running the show again, or I let other people to run the show. And I don't want to do that today. I would like to stay. I would like to live my life to the fullest. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elena C. And Barbara E., you're up, followed by Rifka R. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for doing service, and thank you to everyone who's on the meeting and helping save my life today. Well, in step 12, working with others, I try to live my life with a growing sense of respect and compassion for myself and others, and I do my best to pass the message to others who are desperate and appear ready to hear our 12-step message. So eventually they too could get off that struggle bus. And if they're sincerely interested, I make it clear only they can recover, but I'll hold the lantern for them every step of the way. I'll take phone calls even when it's inconvenient because I believe in them and two members talking program makes a meeting and we're doing this service for each other and together we can get better. So I need to keep my memory green by working with others and holding that lantern and using all the tools and all the steps and all the principles. Because I've learned that as I trudged the road with others who understood and accepted me, I was grateful to understand I'll never be through with my OA journey. There's no graduation day, and that's the way I needed to be if I'm to remain recovered one day at a time. And even if they're not ready to hear my message or they don't think this program is right for them. I tell them that they can call me anytime because we can be friends. Because not everyone needs this program. And in order to make myself ready to do this kind of service, I have to make space in my day and my life for mindful reflection, a sense of meaning and purpose that naturally arises and I always list my gratitude to what I'm so grateful for, this vision for you meeting, my abstinence, my finally losing the 100 pounds plus and keeping it off after regaining it nine times in a row. And in step 10, I have to pay attention to the causes and effects of my actions by doing spot check inventories throughout the day. And this forgiveness lightens my heart. So I just have to know that this, these steps are laid out perfectly. It's kind of like the yellow brick road for me that leads me to recovery one day at a time. When I face reality that I'm not able to control what I do and say, and that has serious consequences, I'm ready to understand that I can't force change through willpower. I need to untangle my life patiently and with love. And that's what I try to offer to anyone who wants to take the journey with me, because together we can recover. Thank you, everyone. I pass. 
Thank you, Barbara E. and Rifka R. You're up, followed by Jessica S. Good morning, everyone. It's Rifka R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, so this paragraph sparked a bunch of thoughts that I had. Um, first of all, that I, I wanted just to thank every sponsor on my incredibly long journey. Um, has had a really important part. And, you know, it's not that, you know, that I would end up relapsing, that they didn't have give me what I needed in my life at that point. They did, and so I really wanted to express my appreciation um, for that. And my last sponsor, that my current sponsor, um, that I actually met at the Vision Conference in uh, New Jersey a number of years ago. And um, when I was at that place of desperation and quicksand all around me again I just picked up the phone and called her and um, it's been thank God again an amazing uh, connection that's that helped me over the bridge and helped me to recover um, so thank you to everybody um, so I had a lot of thoughts about this because you know if, if there is any indication that he wants to stop I mean, there are times if I see that there's an opening that I will say, uh, maybe just drop some facts about myself and my struggle with food. And if they're a true compulsive overeater, a little many times their their ears will perk up and they'll start telling me about their own struggles. And then the conversation is open and and I can, you know, the identification is made. And um, and if they're not, then it you know it just falls on deaf ears and uh, they'll tell me maybe about some diet they were on that was successful for them and I'll just you know tell them how happy I am that they found something you know that that works for them and but um you know if you know I don't again I haven't had a a reason to go to a family member about the person but you know in talking with them personally I will get it definitely you know have a deep conversation about their behavior and their problems and their background and the seriousness of their condition and their religious leanings and um and I love that it says to put yourself in his place because that's like the teaching for all relationships for me. Like how you know, can I get out of myself and put myself in another person's place? Um, and if I can do that, then I can be helpful to them. And if I can't, then I, then I can't be helpful to them. And um, I, ju- I just wanted to mention this. this uh, I was reading with a sponsee. At, we were at the point where it's talking about a simple reliance on, you know, on God and she was saying that it's not easy to have a simple reliance on God. Um, and an analogy popped into my mind, which is just so apropos. It uh, and it has to do with the, the, the Jews being in, in slavery in, in Egypt for 210 years, and that's a great analogy. We were in bondage, and in this addiction, I'm in bondage to myself. Um, Time. Okay, so I'll just end up this that, with this that um, maybe it's a fact nobody knew, but four fifths of the Jews didn't want to leave, and they ended up dying in in Egypt before the Exodus. And I feel like that's you know the analogy for for my addiction that you know only one fifth left, and I need to be you know because they wanted to leave, they wanted to have that simple reliance, and that's the place that I need to be to leave this addiction is to be is to have that simple reliance. So um, anyway, thanks everybody. Um, and have a wonderful day, and I pass. Thank you, Rifka R. And Jessica S., you're up. 
Yeah, hi. I'm Jessica, as uh, um, a grateful compulsive overeater from from Ohio. Um, I'm basically maybe about 58 minutes from Akron. And the reason why I kind of put that out there is because I recently took a trip with my local OA group to Akron this past Sunday. And we went to Dr. Bob's house, Dr. Bob's and Ann Smith's house. And I have read this I have read this chapter numerous times. And I could not understand why they would have this paragraph here about the family, the religious leaning. But after visiting and after I'm still processing it, after visiting it, I realized that number one, we're in a different, it was a different time period. Secondly, it was a time where the family, namely the wife and the husband were in the same house. And I was told that as many as 75 people was um, in the home of Dr. Bob, and I'm crying, Dr. Bob and Ann Smith's house, and it was basically like a modern home. I mean, the I mean the you have the kitchen, you have the dining room, which is like your traditional dining room, maybe no more than um, five, maybe 500 to a thousand square feet. And I was also told that I mean that you know. Since Anne is the co-founder of Al-Anon, if you kind of think about it, you're, you're basically kind of butting up against one another if you have that many people. So when we talk about uh, um, the family, we're not talking about like present day. You have to kind of put your mind back into 1930. Also, you have to put your mind back into um, the time where with the great the Great Depression, where everybody was kind of like struggling. Okay, so now I'm, I'm all over the place. Now I have to have a deeper, a deeper appreciation for it. So um, I am never in contact with any of my um, sponsors or sponsor. Why? Because we're all over the we are all over the United States. So. I'm sorry, I have a, oh my God, I have a sense of gratitude after visiting Akron. Oh, and I forgot, we also um, visited 15 historical sites in Akron. And these people's homes were um, close to each other. So if you kind of think about this fellowship, let's say that we are all in the city of Cleveland. I'm just going to say you Cleveland because that's where I'm from. And we're visiting one another. We're going to run into family members. So these instructions... Now, when I look at it, I have to realize the time period and when it was first starting out time. instead of 89, 89 years ago. And in I'm going to wrap with this, if you haven't visited one of the co-founders' homes, I urge you to visit because it will give you a different perspective on this paragraph. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica S. And we're on page 90 in the chapter, Working with Others. We've read the second full paragraph. We're sharing on that one paragraph that begins, if there is any indication, and ends, if the tables were turned. And who else would like to share this morning? Loretta H. I heard Loretta. Sorry, there's two people coming in together. One more time. Tony Wanda. B. Okay, I heard Wanda. 
Jennifer. I heard Jennifer. There's somebody else I'm missing. Tony Barnes. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> Pamela. Try again. Okay. Right. Pamela. All right. Tony B. Somebody B. Shelly B. Shelly B. Yeah. Okay. Was there one other person I missed? I have Loretta H, Wanda R, Jennifer C, Cody Pamela B. E, Cody, C-O-D. Tony. Tony, thank you. Okay, Tony, we will stop with you. Tony B. So I have Loretta H, Wanda R, Jennifer C, Pamela E, Shelly B, and Tony B. So Loretta H, please share with us, followed by Wanda. Loretta, I think I heard Loretta H, star one. Good morning, Lisa. Sorry, I had a mute problem. This is Loretta H, recovered in North Carolina. I want to thank all of you, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today. Going to the wife, it's interesting. And there are nine nevers in this uh, chapter. And I was... um, introduced to this program by my brother-in-law in the 80s. And I came in because I really thought I needed a diet. And the word diet has the word die in it. So I spent a year in program and I was, it, I could have been more perfectly abstinent. It was my story. But I white-knuckled it. I actually got very, very anorexic. And my company actually did an intervention on me. God willing, 20 years later, I come in and find a sponsor who has what I wanted. And she always immediately, where is God in this? And I did not know I had a spiritual malady. And this is what, as a sponsor and as a fellow traveler, I have to emphasize this. All the time, because I don't have a food problem. That was my solution, and especially the anorexia. I, as I've shared, I still covet it. I don't act out on it. I haven't used that disease for 23 years, and I do share my food and text it every day since I've been in program. But it's that spiritual malady, and so my brother-in-law did try, but I wasn't ready, and I just had to go out and eat some more and starve some more before. So it's that desperation, uh, you know, gift of desperation. It's, it is God. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And like all of you have shared, um, I have had many sponsors, and I have a dear sponsor today, and I couldn't be here without her, but I also can't be here without Mike. And it says, burn the idea into every man that he can recover as long as he trusts God and cleans house and helps others. And I firmly believe this is the gift that keeps on giving, but I have to be practicing it like my hair is on fire. And with that, I pass. God bless everybody. Have a beautiful day. Stay safe in God's mercy and grace. Thank you, Loretta H. And Wanda R., you're up. Followed by Jennifer C. 
Good morning, it's me, and I love you all. I just can't believe my uh, good fortune, and um, prayer can bend fortune, I think, and prayer can bend fate. You know, my sponsor died yesterday morning. Um, she was in my life for, I'd say, 20 years. I, I, had, I have more than one sponsor. Another thing that happened yesterday, I'm living with my husband, and accidentally I bought him uh, protein bars. So, um, you know, Wanda, he, you know, some of them were missing out of the box. And Wanda went over to the kitchen and grabbed the last of it and destroyed it because Wanda can't be trusted. You know, Wanda... Wanda has problems with food, and it's not gone. It's dormant, and I'm not going to activate it. You know, let sleeping dogs lie, and, you know, I don't want no avalanche, you know. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, uh, I, 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 I could be uh, dangerously uh, infected with uh, too much too much uh, of anything, and uh, I'm grateful, and I'm happy, and uh, I got to keep it that way, and my sponsor, um, I have another sponsor now, um, I'm pretty sure she might not be on the meeting, but she is a beautiful soul, I used to write my food down every single day, but um my husband cooks for me, and, uh, you know, it's up to him to decide what we're having, and um, I'm grateful for that. Um, last night, he made me lobster tail. I couldn't believe it. He said, Wanda, I lived uh, on the ocean my whole life, so I know how to cook it, but I cleaned up the mess, and boy, I'll tell you, it was lots of pots and pans. I love you all. I hope you have a great day. Um, the big book is my favorite book. Um, talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you, Wanda R. And Jennifer C., you're up, followed by, and I think maybe it might be Pamela P. Jennifer, please share with us. Hey, good morning. This is Jennifer C. May I be heard? Yes. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Jennifer C. in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, thank you, everybody, for your service this morning and all of your shares. Uh, so when I read this paragraph, there's a couple things that I'm reminded of. First of all, intensive work. Um, difference between taking on a sponsee to save my ass versus intensive work. How much do I care? How invested am I in this work? How much do I genuinely care versus using sponsees um, for selfish means? I need another sponsee so I don't pick up. That's not what this is about. This is about doing the work so that I am in a gen genuine place of compassion. Um, this wasn't bare minimum work. This paragraph doesn't describe bare minimum work. This paragraph describes intensive work, and I love that my sponsor reminds me of that all the time. Are you working intensively? Big difference between just taking on the sponsee. And it's the intensive work 
that ensures immunity. It's intensive. I'm all in. I'm all in. I've been given a beautiful gift, and I want to share it. And I and I, I genuinely want to share it. And I'm a channel, right? Like, the people that I'm working with are sick. They're still in their disease. And the reality for me is that I get to see all my character defects as I sponsor, right? I get to see my hypocrisy. I get to see my 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 critical nature, my impatience, right? Like how quickly I judge someone else for, you know, not doing the work and picking up again when I picked up so many times and I was so powerless at that time to do anything other than eat, right? And here I am just a little while removed and, and I think I'm in a position to judge that, you know, they're not doing enough. So sometimes they're just not there yet, just like I wasn't. Um, and so it, it gives me an opportunity to continue to grow along these spiritual lines. But what a gift it is to be in a position to to offer myself in this way, which is why it's so critical that I do 10 and 11, because it puts me in a channel position, right? Like if I use 12 as a drug and I work a 112 program like the 12 and 12 talks about, um, I I really can't be a channel for that sponsee, right? Like I'm in self-will while I sponsor. And the aim is that I am removing, allowing God to remove, right, in 10, the, the blockages, the hindrances, the, the bondage of self. And then in 11, I am allowing God to, to speak through me and to me. And each sponsee is in a different place. And each sponsee needs something different, right? God is a creative God. If I stick so tightly to my guidelines as a sponsor, I may lose uh, the opportunity for for intuitive guidance with this person that clearly God has placed me in front of, just like an Ebby, right? Like that's that's who I am when I sponsor. I'm the Ebby, and they're the Bill. Um, so. Thank you, God, for 10, 11, 12. Thank you for the intensity of this work and the immunity that it ensures. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. And I am Pamela, if you'll just give me the first initial of your last name, you're up, followed by Shelly B. Hi, this is Pamela E. in California. Can I be heard? Thank you. Yes, Pamela. Okay. Thank you so much for the opportunity to listen to all the voices and to all the recovery and all the experiences. When I look at that little paragraph, it takes me back to when I first came into program in, in, in 2012, um, recommended by one of my therapists, um, by a therapist who was in program then. And uh, when I put down the food, I thought that was the solution. And what happened was my glasses were so dirty that I was looking for my family to be different. And when I read that paragraph now, I've read it so many times, something new comes every time. And I think, well, why didn't my family want to save me? You know why they didn't? It wasn't their job. Why didn't they see how, how damaged I was? You know why? Because when I put down the food, my emotions were untamed and I was crazy. I was absolutely crazy. And I'm so glad that now 
know. Uh, I don't have to. Uh, I, my glasses are cleaner, and I can look at them and see that they are also wounded children of the divine. It wasn't their job to search and rescue me. That was God's job. And it wasn't my job to try to push them into program, into therapy, into some kind of recovery so that I could feel better, you know. And so that's where I am today. I'm learning one day at a time. I'm living this program one time. I'm loving people. I am loving people in a whole new way. I'm praying for people. And it's not up to my family to save me. It's not up to me to save another uh, another soul who's who's getting on that beam of recovery. I can share my experience, hope, and my and my recovery, and I can pray for people, and I can love God's people, and know that God is going to do the work, and God is doing the work in me, one day at a time, some days, one moment at a time, but I'm so glad that I have a God, and I'm so glad that I know it's not me, and that I don't have to try to save my family, or look and regret that they didn't try to reach down to save me, because when they did, of course, I didn't like that either, so thanks for letting me uh, share, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela E., and Shelly B., you're up, followed by Tony B. Shelly, press star one. We can't hear you. Yeah, Shelly B., um, from Edina, Minnesota. There is a fellowship group I started here quite a while ago in my building. Sometimes people come. I think most of the time it's just one person, and she she uh, she could go away. Mean and one time, what I have done to other people here is ask them if they would like to go away and and come to a meeting. They turned me down, but this one lady is interested, and. Talk to her, getting to know the person. She has no significant other I could talk to, so I talked to her. Last Sunday, we were really talking. I let her talk, and I really struggled with listening. It came easily after a while, but that is a skill I'm working on because I get caught up in my anxiety in my brain and sometimes don't listen appropriately and ask questions. I'm on a new medication for my diabetes and that affects my appetite in a good way not to eat. I do read other books still but I have been better at looking at the big book which is very thorough overly thorough with information to help. So Yes, um, I'm interested in the program and I'm interested in listening more. With that, I pass. Thank you, Shelly B. And Tony B., please share with us. Hello, can I be heard? You can. Oh, thanks very much. My name's Tony. That's short for Antonia. Um, Tony B., the beautiful. <laughs> and I'm from Scotland in the United Kingdom. And I'm 
blown away by the beauty of this program, by the beauty of connection and the way that works, and how much it is indeed the antithesis of addiction and the beauty of the natural world and all God has made and the beauty of this concept work. And I feel so, so grateful to be on this line and thank you very much for your service, Lisa. Um, so I also want to say that I'm available for sponsorship and I'm on the members list. And I love this, this paragraph. That it's great that we get an entire chapter that guides us on working with others. And yes, some of it is not so relevant today because, you know, they were doing this for the first time and they were meeting people in hospitals and sanitariums and um, they often did come in contact with family members. And we don't so much these days. Very often people have been in program and they're wanting to get, you know, they're wanting to get their recovery after a while in program. And it's unlikely that we're going to come in touch with family members, to be quite honest. But a lot of it is relevant, you know, to get to know. Get to know them. Get to know their behaviors, particularly around food. Get to know their, their eating. Are they binge eaters? Are they anorexic? Are they, you know, how can we help them? Perhaps if we haven't had certain experiences, then we can't help if they're, um, you know, something that we don't know so much about. Perhaps we can. That's kind of up to us to decide. Um, and also um, problems, background, seriousness of condition. Yes, we need to know all this. So ask them to tell their story, you know, not, not necessarily from childhood, but their experience with eating and how they've tried to get better. Um, certainly for myself, I've been Overeaters Anonymous a long time before I found recovery, and I'm so grateful to have found it now. Um, and then, you know, I, I love this bit at the end too, you know, see, you know, put, put yourself in their place, see how you'd like him to approach you if the tables were turned. It's so, it's so caring and it's really the, that connection again, that's so important. Um, one compulsive overeater talking with another, getting that connection, realizing that we suffer from the same illness and that there is a way out, that there is a common solution on which we can be absolutely, you know, um, united. So I'll share the, share the time there. Thank you all so much for being here in your shares. Thank you. Thank you, Tony B. And we definitely have time for one more share, maybe two short ones. Anyone else like to share this morning? Sarah G. Somebody G? Did you say Sarah? Sarah. Sarah, please go ahead, Sarah. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that um, <clears throat> I was on this meeting for the first time on Monday, and I was blown away by the amount of people who contacted me after so many people caring, like a million people coming into my living room saying that they wanted to help me. Um, it, it's it's mind-blowing, this meeting. I, I've been in program uh, for the second time in my life um, for about a year and a half, but I've never been to this meeting. 
and um, it's I just can't say thank you enough to everybody. Um, also, things that um, people have shared, the sponsorship, I've had a couple of sponsors in the last year and a half, and each one, like I heard someone else share, offers something different. And um, I just got a new sponsor yesterday, and just like I, this, this, um, what someone said, what the book says, to approach them um, as if the tables were turned, how you would like to be sponsored. And that's really the feeling that I get is that they're just trying to sponsor me the way that they would want to be sponsored, kind and gentle, and I'm trying to understand where my issues lie. And I just wanted to say thank you to every single one of you. Every single one of you, all of you who have contacted me and who are just listening. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah G. And we have one more two-minute share. Anybody want to take it? Good morning. This is Terry G. Go ahead, Terry. All righty, thanks so much. I am, uh, this is KD from Virginia, uh, a real compulsive overeater, recovered a day at a time, and uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, that sponsorship, I believe, is divine, and um, it is an important part. It is transformative, um, and I feel like the connections which is what the big book talks about, the connection between the protege and the sponsor is um, a guide connection. So um, I don't take it lightly. It is a, um, it is a beautiful responsibility. Um, yes, I, I pray quite a bit before I work with the protege. And uh, my sponsor is very tuned in <laughs> with a lot of humor and a, a lot of uh, passion for trusting God and um, following the steps to the best of her ability to, and I follow the steps to the best of my ability. Now I don't do as many 10 steps as I probably need to do, and uh, that's something that I'm working on. Um, But yes, thank you. Thank you for this beautiful program. I thank God. try to thank God every day, many times a day, and I pass. Thank you, Terry D., and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, June the 28th, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,391. That's 20391. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Vanita L., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, I'm a recovered compulsive reader um, who is not cured in Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. 
see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.